Welcome everyone to Fraud Files Unleashed, where true fraud investigations meet captivating storytelling. I'm Austin, a seasoned fraud fighter with over eight years of experience in both law enforcement and banking. Join me on a first-hand journey through real cases, offering insights into the dangers and intricacies of fraud. Whether you're a fellow fraud fighter or eager to learn about fraud prevention, I invite you to tune in. Brace yourself for a mix of knowledge and humor, and I apologize in advance because there's going to be a lot of dad jokes throughout this podcast. Let's uncover the secrets of fraud together. Episode 2. Heartstrings and Handlebars. A Romance Scam Unveiled. Catchy episode title, eh? Well, it only took me two hours to come up with. No big deal. (laughs) Now, this is one of the juiciest and weirdest romance scams I've ever investigated. What is a romance scam? In its simplest forms, it's when a scammer uses relationships and deception to trick victims into thinking they are in a relationship with someone who doesn't even exist. Now that you got the basic idea, put on your detective hats because this fraud file has a crazy ending. Let's jump back in time to early 2021. Cue the time machine music. Here I am, all grown up. I've been in law enforcement for five years at this point, and I'm carrying a massive caseload of fraud investigations. I found my groove though, and I've been able to keep up with the pace. There was a time before this where incoming cases were too much to keep up with. I mean, over the past five years, I surpassed 1,000 plus fraud investigations, and many of these were long-term cases. Today was just an ordinary day. I sat down at my desk with my nearly empty coffee cup, and it was room temperature at this point. I pull up my case manager to look for the latest cases assigned to me from patrol. Hmm. Three new cases. Gift. Card scam, phone scam, ooh, identity theft. Uh, Let's start with the fun one first. I pulled up the case docs to read the patrol officer's report and the victim statement. My first initial assessment, hmm, looks like the victim resides in the city of Altamont Springs, okay, and they had their identity compromised. Looks like they received a credit alert from the credit bureaus about three vehicles being purchased using their driver's license info. Huh. Looky here. Lucky me. The dealership is also local. I'm intrigued. So I made a quick call to the car lot. Speak with the manager and... They were aware of the situation. They had some leads for me to track down. Sweet. I took a final swig of my coffee and decided to go ahead and make a drive out to the crime scene to pick up my evidence. Little did I know, I was about to see the greatest mustache of all time. I drive about 15 minutes down the street in my undercover, eco-friendly Toyota Camry. And I met a well-presented manager sitting in his office with a stack of papers. He looked a bit flustered and concerned about the whole situation. He offered me a donut, and I gave him a courtesy laugh. Everyone loves to offer donuts to cops. He dropped a stack of papers in front of me and asked me to please take a seat. Sir, we need your help. We've realized that someone is using a stolen identity to steal three brand new, blacked out, 2021 Ford Raptors. Here's a copy of the driver's license they used. The financing fell through and we are on the hook. Hmm. I popped open my laptop real quick to run the license. This photo looks nothing like my victim. 
but the driver's license info was the same. Sweet. Looks like they used a counterfeit ID with our legitimate victim's info on it. Only fraud fighters get excited about things like this. I asked, did the individual who purchased this vehicle match the photo on the counterfeit driver's license? Mm-hmm, yeah, he sure did. The manager delivered one of the vehicles to the individual's apartment and said he could ID him in a photo lineup because he had the most glorious mustache ever. I looked back down to the counterfeit ID and, oh, oh my goodness, he was right. My subject could play Mario in the next Mario Bros. live-action film. No exaggeration. Now I'm jealous, and I have a great lead. Wait, if one vehicle was delivered locally to an apartment, where did the other two vehicles go? As I dig through the stack of papers, I see they were shipped directly to New Jersey. I'm no expert, but that sounds like a red flag to me. If my customer lives here in Florida, why on earth are we shipping two of the cars out to New Jersey? Well, now I have an apartment address where one of the trucks was delivered, and I have a photo of the subject. Let's get to work. And not before a coffee break at Wawa. And what about lunch? Can't miss the most important meal of the day. Hey, you guys down for lunch? Chipotle? Let's go. Alright, alright. Eventually I got back to working on this case. You know how hard it is to investigate after drinking coffee and a lunch break? I started digging through police reports and programs that pull data from credit bureaus. I found an immediate lead. Wow, that was easy. The apartment address had links to an individual who had lived there for two years. That's pretty steady. Doing some quick open source research led me to a man who matched the image and the mustache on the counterfeit ID. It's a me! Now, I must ask this guy some questions. Eh, things got busy. But the following week, I was ready to jump back into the investigation. I went ahead and had a fellow detective help me conduct a photo lineup. Essentially, you have an analyst put together a lineup with the photo of your subject, paired with photos of other people who look very similar, to see if your witness can identify the correct subject that actually committed the crime. My witness was able to pick out the subject with no issues whatsoever. Now I'm ready to meet with the subject. I called a phone number I had on file. You know, I wanted to use my persuasion techniques to try to lure him into meeting me for an interview. I've done it hundreds of times before. I left a few voicemails throughout the week, but no response. No one is available to take your call. Please leave a message. Then I decided to stop by the apartment. But no luck there. No one's answering the door. Hmm. He doesn't have a criminal record or anything, but he doesn't seem to be easy to contact. Nah, I'll try again next week. I came in Monday morning, tired, groggy. Oh, look, I got a voicemail on the phone. Oh, it's from Mr. Mario himself. He apologized for not responding sooner, but he requested to have his attorney present if he was going to meet up for an interview. Please, I, I, no problem at all for me. I don't mind at all. So we arranged to meet that Friday at 10 a.m. At this point, you're probably wondering, um, Austin, didn't you say this was a romance scam? <laughs> yeah, uh, the plot twist is about to hit you as hard as it hit me at 10.04 a.m. on this Friday morning. Here I am, waiting downstairs in the sheriff's office lobby, when in walks a well-dressed attorney and the live-action Mario, 
We step off to the side into a private office space to sit down to talk. Mario is absolutely sweating bullets and visibly nervous. Many subjects are nervous when being interviewed by cops, but this was a little bit more than usual. Of course, I always try to build rapport with everyone in the room and create a safe atmosphere. I almost always use the good cop technique when I do interviews. I took great pride in getting people to confess by just being laid back and transparent. I started asking basic questions about the investigation. Listen, sir, we all know why we're here. I'm honestly just looking to get some info on what happened with these vehicle purchases. This is when I dropped some photos of the trucks and the counterfeit ID. The great mustached man stuttered and stumbled through his words. It took me about an hour to get him to open up all the way. Essentially, he starts telling me that he was told to purchase these vehicles by his girlfriend. Right, I've heard that one before. Did she tell you to create this fake ID as well? He goes on to say that she shipped that to him to use. Oh, hold up, hold up. Shipped it? Where does your girlfriend live? Brazil? Have you ever met her in person? You haven't? Oh, no. What is going on? Here I am about to file charges on this man for committing identity theft. But this is starting to sound like a romance scam based on my experience. I dig further and further, eventually looking at WhatsApp conversations on Mario's phone. With his and his attorney's consent, of course. We had to make sure. We had to see if this was truly a romance scam. At this point, we started to realize Mario was being used as a mule. But wait, where did all those trucks go? How were the orders placed? Here's how it all went down. COVID-19 was rampant during this time, so this specific dealership was allowing for online pre-purchases for vehicles. Mario had no idea about any of this transaction process. What we realized was that his girlfriend, quote-unquote, placed these orders online using his counterfeit driver's license and info. She, quote-unquote, arranged for one truck to be delivered to Mario directly. Mario was simply told his girlfriend needed help buying a truck for her brother, and she needed to deliver it to Mario's apartment. All he had to do was sign the paperwork and show the driver's license that she was going to ship to him. He did this, hesitantly, and left the keys in the front seat of the truck, just like he was instructed. She informed him that they had a transport company that would come and pick up the truck for them. This is where it gets interesting. He told me that within 10 minutes, three Hispanic males pulled in the parking lot driving a lime green truck with a doggy access door on the back side of the window. I've never seen anything like this. One of the males jumped out and drove off with the brand new truck. Oh my. I later was able to confirm all of this via video surveillance, but the tag was out of state and it wasn't clearly visible. So, all three trucks are gone, my leads are dry, and now I have two victims? Sheesh. I put the ID theft on the back burner because, for a second, this romance scam is more important. This is a well-organized romance scam. These groups are ruthless, and they can wreak absolute havoc on people's lives. 
The manipulation they use truly brings unsuspecting victims to a place where they will do anything for love. What are the red flags? Well, if you met your perfect soulmate on Words with Friends, that's a red flag. If you've never met your lover in real life, and you're engaged or married, that could be a red flag. Is it too good to be true? Mm, red flag. Is someone you never met asking for money from you? Yeah, sounds like a red flag to me. Oh, wait, you're dating a celebrity, but they won't meet you in person? Definite red flag. This list goes on and on and on. But the power of love is strong. It's easy to see the red flags from the outside looking in, but victims are usually blinded by this puppy love. Oftentimes they're depressed, they're lonely, they're widowed, their family never talks to them anymore. I've seen it time and time again. I don't know what's worse, knowing the person's family isn't there for them, or the fact that they think they're married to a beautiful girl, but really they're talking to a young man in Nigeria, working in a romance scam workshop. Needless to say, this investigation took a turn for the worse. What was the ultimate end result? Well, we assisted with tracking down the two trucks shipped to New Jersey. They actually attempted to ship these overseas at a port, but they were caught in time, thankfully. The other truck that was picked up by the Hispanic males in the lime green truck, well, it was eventually recovered in another state after months. I attempted to track down the romance scammer group, but all my leads from subpoenas and IP logs came back to Nigeria. There's just not much we can do from here in the States unless it's a major crime ring. And this wasn't quite enough. The best way to stop romance scams is to be proactive. Talk with your family about the red flags. Keep an eye out for lonely loved ones. And share this story with them. You might just save someone from a romance scam. I found out Mario had been talking with this romance scammer for almost two years, and it absolutely broke his heart to hear the truth. But we were able to block all communication and get him the help and resources he needed to move forward. I performed a reverse image search and I found the photos of Mario's supposed girlfriend all over the internet. The sad reality is he would have never felt brave enough to speak up about his situation if he wouldn't have been caught up in my criminal investigation. If you are seeking additional help, please consider visiting advocatingforyou.com. This website is operated by a nonprofit advocating against romance scammers, and they have so many free tools and resources. The website link is in the episode description. And if you are an investigator, let's be sure not to victim shame. And let's also make sure we are doing everything we can to help. And there you have it, fraud fighters. Things aren't always quite as they seem when investigating fraud. If you are an investigator, do not take things at face value. Your main subject may end up being a victim if you dig far enough. Please join us next time as we dive into the world of financial intrigue, exposing the tricks of the trade while sharing a laugh or two. Remember, not all heroes wear capes. Some wear accountant badges and detective hats. This podcast is presented by Fraud Warfare. If you are interested in supporting us through promoted ads, please connect with us on LinkedIn, either under Fraud Warfare, or you can find me on LinkedIn under Austin Harris, CFE. We are only able to keep our podcast free through your support. Please consider sharing this with a friend or family member, 
And you can support us financially through donations at buymeacoffee slash fraudwarfare. 100% of these funds go towards improving the quality of our podcast. And of course, some coffee. Thanks for listening, everyone. I want to give a huge thanks to Stephen Sargent, Madison Olivas, and Holly Hibble for their generous support with a donation on our Buy Me a Coffee page. Your contribution means so much to me, and we're truly grateful for your support. Thank you.